Welcome to Signs of Life, Exploring Survival of Consciousness, brought to you by Forever Family Foundation, on the web at foreverfamilyfoundation.org. I call your name, the echo is haunting, the echo is always the same. I call your name, the echo is haunting, an echo can never be changed. So I call your name. Your name. That song needs some lead guitar in it, that's for sure. <laughs> Welcome to the Medium's Insight Hour brought to you by the Forever Family Foundation and Signs Up Life Radio. We gather here every month to explore the mindsets of many accomplished mediums on a variety of topics related to consciousness, spirituality, the afterlife. I'm Roman Karpishka. This is my first time I'm using video. Very excited. And I'm very excited to welcome Eliza Ray to the show. Eliza is a certified medium with the Forever Family Foundation, and she's also a medium with the Windridge Institute where she takes part in scientific research. Um, Eliza has experienced intuitive abilities since she was a very young child, and uh, she was able, where she was able to visualize her messages for and from her family. A tragic accident when she turned 18 years old involving the deaths of her brother and father motivated Eliza to further develop uh, her connections with those on the other side. So in addition to her private practice of psychic mediumship in Arizona, Eliza's also developed a program that includes workshop for parents who have intuitive children. She can be reached at her website, which is www.elizaray, that's E-L-I-Z-A-R-E-Y.com. Ladies and gentlemen, the show is commercial free, no interruptions. How about that? So sit back, put your feet up, curl up, favorite pillow, pet or loved one. Make sure you have a nice relaxing drink and let us stimulate your imagination and intellect for the next hour or so. Oh, yeah, by the way, uh, there's no, there, <clears throat> Liza's not going to be doing any readings tonight. This show is more of, you know, for informational purposes. But your questions are more than welcome. And uh, if you have any questions for our esteemed guest, please feel free to call one 888 627 That's 888-627-6008. Six two seven six zero zero eight. So, with having said all of that, Eliza, welcome to the show. I think you're on mute. <laughs> uh, I'm just going to speak up to the audience. Uh, Ro uh, wow, Roman, she was there with her video right up until your last word, and then. Uh, right up yeah. Right. I, I think she's back now. We're going to bring her back in. <laughs> All right. That is Don, our producer. Uh, doing a great job. Okay. Eliza, welcome back. <laughs> Thank you. I get to welcome you twice. Not always, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I guess it's a bad connection issue or whatever. So stuff like that happens. But uh, so listeners, please be patient with us. Uh, if any of us gets disconnected, we'll just, you know, click the button and get right back in. And it might just take a few, uh, a few minutes, you know, or a few seconds or whatever. So just bear with us, but I think we'll be okay. So how are things in Arizona? Things are good. We still yeah. have cactus. We still have mountains. 
It's a little chilly right now, weather-wise, but we're getting very busy here in Phoenix. There's a lot of people moving in here, so traffic is picking up. Yeah, just like in that song, gee, the traffic is terrific. You know, like that that Christmas song, that's, you hear it all over the radio these days, you know? Yeah, so good, good. So, um, yeah, tell us a little bit, you know, I mean, I, I, I started talking to you, I started telling the audience about your, your abilities, a little bit about your history and all of that kind of stuff. Um, I mean, is this something that you do full time, your mediumship? Is that a full time? No, thing no, okay. I don't do it full time yet. Um, okay. In the summer times, I do it uh, Monday through Saturday, I could oh, okay. say. Sometimes I take a day off. I currently am an occupational therapist and I work with kids, but I'm working four days a week now with that oh, okay. job. So I do readings now on Fridays and Saturdays and sometimes um, one day after my other job. Uh, okay. Well, that's 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 great. I mean, it, it probably does drain you. I mean being a medium takes a lot of energy especially you know doing the readings and you know you don't know what it to does expect. you know it does to a certain extent and it's funny i don't even get a watch or a clock i can just feel my energy starting to dip down towards the end mm. of that 50 minutes to an hour reading and i always tell my my clients that you know okay we're getting towards the end here do you have any more questions concerns or anything because it's important that they know that, um, you know, I, I just can't go two hours doing this. You know, it it is, I would say, physically, but more emotionally draining as well, depending mm-hmm. on the issue. Um, yeah. When we get some pretty intense things like suicides and um, accidental deaths and things like that, um, yeah. that are more emotionally um I guess yeah. you could say draining for me as well as the people that are, are talking, but they need the, the contact. Right. Um, right. It, it drains me more. Yeah. So how do you get, receive your messages? Are they clairaudient? Or do you hear stuff or do you see the images or how does that work for you? I know every medium. Has um, yeah, I'm, I'm all over the place. Um, hear things, see things in my mind's eye. I even smell things sometimes, sometimes, um, actually, most of the time, I will feel how that person has passed. I'll feel either a pressure on my chest or something on my throat. Let's say if you know they had some problem with that, or a crush to the head, or a shaking. I, mean, I literally feel it in my body, which is so. It's kind of like all around. Um, okay. Yeah, and it's it's, it's it can be like pretty intense. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah, so I can see how that can be draining. And that actually transitions really nicely into our first question that we had uh, from one of our uh, listeners. Um, what are your thoughts on certain smells appearing out of nowhere, like smelling your loved ones? But at times, it may, you know, you, this, this person writes, I may not be thinking directly uh, of them at the moment. Uh, also, waking up in the middle of the night around three o'clock, uh, feeling like that person is next to me. Um, some days are much harder than others as far as grieving. Why or why is that so? So, I mean, this is kind of like three questions. Three questions. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So what are your thoughts on that? Okay, well, the first question regarding the smells, olfaction sense. Yeah. Um, I personally have experienced that with 
my loved ones, my mother wore a distinct perfume, Laird de Tom. I don't even know if they still make it because she's been gone 20 years. Um, and out of the blue, I'll smell this. You know? mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, I do not own that perfume, but I know mom's around. Another interesting one was um, the gentleman that I'm married to now, before we got married, uh, I was walking down towards his basement and I started smelling tobacco and he didn't smoke and I don't smoke cigarettes. And, mm-hmm. and I'm thinking, finally, I said to him, I'm like, I'm just picking up on your grandpa. Did he smoke? He goes, oh yeah, he was a big, you know, pipe smoker and cigars. He did all of them. So I'm not quite sure how the other side does this. I'm not quite sure how they communicate with me. I don't know the science about it, but I do know it is a thing. Um, And I feel like if that person has like a certain cologne or a certain, um, like one time when I was doing a reading, I smelled, I smelled steaks on a grill. And Mm. I, and I said to people, I don't get this, but I am like overwhelmed with the smell of steaks on a grill. And they started laughing because they they said that that, you know, their loved one, their father kept, that was Mm. his forte was steaks, you know? So it's, it's, it's very interesting regarding the nighttime visitations. Um, I hear that a lot. And again, personally, I've experienced it too with a lot of people that on my family that have passed um, as well as like, let's say I do a, a reading 9am one morning and then I will get a visitation. I would say 50% of the time, either through a vision dream or like a tap on the shoulder or something, usually between two and four in the morning from the person that I'm doing a reading for. And I'll ask them, did you you know, does your dad have hair like this or, you know, um, and it's not like they're clear as bell. Like I'm seeing you Roman. It's more like, um, I get a glimpse of them or, um, I just know that these aren't people I know. This is definitely has to be for the reading that's coming up the next morning. Um, so I believe that the world is very quiet at that time, the electronics are not as, I would say, they're not flaring all over the house. We don't have lights going. We don't have TVs going. Um, so I Is think that, that they're able to get through yeah. because of that, because they um, vibrate and sort of a similar vibration as electricity. And they also mess with electricity when they want to communicate with us. Right. Right. Yep. I've, I've seen that firsthand actually. Um, yeah. Yeah. I've had lights flicker on and off in my house and everything. It's just, uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, it usually things like that. I found that they're stronger, closer to the, you know, from, you know, when somebody crossed, when, when somebody passes away, I find that the signs are stronger towards the beginning and they, they kind of get weaker as time goes on. I don't know if that's true, but at least that's been my experience, especially not so much for any readings or anything like that. It more like the flickering of the lights or the, you know, any weird things that happen. You know, it, it, what I'm trying to say, it doesn't happen very often for me anymore, you know, where it used to quite, quite a lot, you know, but mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it's, it's hard to explain. And, you know, the, the fact that, you're just saying, you know, like what you just said is, yeah, I'm the messenger kind of, you know, don't ask me how it works, but it's working. 
And that's, that's pretty much it because I don't think anybody in the world can tell you how it works. You know, I mean, well, not, not yet. Yeah. <laughs> I know they're working on it. I know, I know yeah. that we're really trying to work on it, but you know, mm-hmm. regarding the time element of connection versus not connection, you know, that varies between the person that has passed and the person here and um, how engaged they are and wanting to connect with them. Um, I find that we get our signs more consistently if we are asking for signs. Um, My father was from Notre Dame. I didn't get Notre Dame signs until maybe five years after he was gone. Now I continually get Notre Dame signs and he's been gone since 1977. And I'll ask him, you need to let me know you're still around because I'm not feeling it. And I'll say, you know, I had an attitude with my dad sometimes. And um, within a day or two, I'll see somebody with a T-shirt on in Arizona, you know, from Notre yeah, Dame yeah. University. You know? Fighting Irish, huh? Notre Dame fighting Irish? Yeah. Yeah, cool. I was born That's, there. Uh, he, he went to um, law school and college there, so. Oh, okay. Great. Um, so, yeah, the third part of the question was, why are some days much harder than others as far as grieving? Do you have a, yeah. any insight into that? Yeah, I do. I think it depends on the beginning, like if they've been gone a month or two or versus years. Um, holidays are big triggers. Um, yeah, triggers. Your relationship with that person. If you were able to say goodbye uh, in a physical as well as um, just in a ceremonial way, um, it it all really depends on your relationship. Um, you know, people still cry 25, 30, 40 years later after yeah. the birthday of their loved one. And like, today's their birthday. And sorry. Or, or the accident, let's say. Okay, today was the accident. You know, so, yep. Yep. you know, I, I just think, I just think it's, it depends on our mood. It depends on the time of year. It depends on who we're around. Maybe somebody reminds us of that person. There's just lots of factors involved with that. Yeah. And there's lots of triggers too. I mean, during the day, you might hear a song that might trigger the memory yeah. of that person or uh, something, you know, that that person did or something that you see. It could be anything. Triggers could be anything, right? Yeah. So, yeah but, yeah, you know, I think the fact is that if we had a good relationship with them and we love and adore these people that passed, mm-hmm. I truly believe that they want us to still remember them. They, they, they're okay with these triggers. Um, and it's sort of our way of, of keeping them really close to our heart and in our, in our, in our mind and our soul. So, um, you know, some days you don't think of them. It's just like if you're living in a different house and let's say they're still alive, you're not going to call them every day. Some do, but you're not, you know, you're not, most people don't, you're not going to be thinking of them when you're at your job or, or, you know, doing something else. But then when you get home, you think, hmm, maybe I'll call them or, Hmm, I'll call them tomorrow. You know, so it, it's it's a relationship I think that still continues, but it doesn't have to be this day in day out thing. Okay, yeah, that's that makes completely good sense. Absolutely. So I got another question: uh, What is happening to the spirits of people with Alzheimer's or severe dementia? 
Are they here or have they already transitioned? Are they halfway there? What do you think? This is funny because this was a question that came up with a friend of mine uh, the other day at dinner. And mm -hmm. um, what I've been told from those that have crossed over that had Alzheimer's before they crossed over, that they're still here on the earth and their condition is like a brain injury. Their condition um, is a degenerative thing. Um, mm -hmm. I truly believe that when it's almost time for them to transition, they, their energy or their soul practices may be coming out of the body, practices visiting. They, they start to elevate their energy out of their physical body, but it's not 100%. Um, but I think that's with most people right before they pass. If, um, if it's not like tragic, unexpected, like an illness or, or cancer right. or you know, something like that, I think that they, they somehow come out, as I put it, like that. I think they're kind of floating above their body. Right. Um, but Alzheimer's, you know, it's, it's a rough, rough road. I've worked with a lot of Alzheimer's, um, I would say, patients as an occupational therapist. And right. And I've had family members that have had it, and it's it's uh, a very difficult disease to deal with for everyone. It is uh, absolutely. There's no doubt about it. So, I mean, I'm just wondering what happens to their spirit because you know, okay, it, it's a physical thing that's happening in the brain that um, you know they can't be conscious like like normal people, or or to the extent of normal people. Um, so I'm just wondering, like, are they like in limbo? Do they feel nothing? You know, it's just, it, it's such a mystery. You know, what goes on in the brain is such a mystery. Well, so, what happens, their, their immediate and their short-term memory quite often is zapped. And there's all types of different types of Alzheimer's. But mm -hmm. in general, they'll remember, though, 40, 50, you know, maybe even 25 years ago. Um, mm -hmm. And I, a long time ago, when I was, was a young occupational therapist, I ran a music group. I called it a music reminiscence group for people that had Alzheimer's. They would walk in almost catatonic, like just not giving any eye contact. And the, the nurses and the paraprofessionals would put them in the chair and they'd sit there. And I was sitting there with maybe five of them. And I would put on a song from the 1930s. Oh my gosh, they became different. They were talking again, and you know, and they were having conversations with I don't know, you know. Um, so I know a lot of them hallucinate. Um, I question: Are their loved ones coming to visit them? Um, because they hallucinate about, oh, there's my mother. Did you see my mother? Or, you know, and everybody's like, oh, didn't see mom. Sorry, you know. Mm -hmm. um, so. The 100% answer to that, I'm not sure, but I do yeah. know that um, they're, they're still in there, but they've just lost today. They've just lost yesterday, and they've lost what you just said to them four seconds ago. Yeah, yeah, that's unfortunate. And, you know, hopefully by the time we're at that age, they'll have some kind of <laughs> prevention for it, you know. They better hurry up. That's all yeah. I can say. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So um, some of us, though, have 
you know, and I'm not speaking about myself, but you know, there's there's people that have really good communication with the other side, you know, and they're not medians or anything, but they receive a lot of signs and they're fortunate in that in that way. So is there for those people that do get signs, is there a way to maintain those gates to be like wide open? Like, you mean like all day? Well, not all day, but you know, like earlier you said, you know, ask for it, ask for it, ask for it. I think you know? it's asking. I th- really think it's asking, like, please give me a sign. And to have the consistency of that one sign. As I mentioned, my father's, uh, you know, his the whole Notre Dame thing. I mean, oh, Notre Dame very thing. random. I'll be sitting at a stoplight. All right. And just sitting there thinking, okay, waiting for the stoplight to turn green. And I'll look down at the car in front of me and it has a Notre Dame license plate. (laughs) You know, and it's just, it happens to be coincidental uh, when I just asked a day or two before, like, okay, dad, I need a sign that everything's okay. Um, I have a lot of my clients ask me, can you tell me what the sign is that they, and I'm, I said, well, you ask them. I said, but they're telling me it has to be a certain bird or things like yeah. that. I've had I've had clients ask me, you know, we just wondered if if the bird, the cardinal that came was dad. And I'm like, I don't think your dad would come back as a bird, but I'm not hearing that. And then, you know, and then the, the dad who I'm connecting with the reading is laughing, like, no, I'm not a bird. You know? <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, it's just it's a sign really- that that I'm okay. And some of these signs are getting to a point of being cliche, like butterflies. Everybody Mm -hmm. sees butterflies. Okay. So when you see a butterfly, Oh, it's a sign. Well, you know what? It's a comforting feeling, but personally I don't buy it because there's butterflies in the summer. You see butterflies and, you know, every book that, that I've read about stuff like that, butterflies, (laughs) it's become too cliche, at least for me personally. If some people might read into it, that go, you know, if it makes you feel better, go for yeah. it. You know? Yeah, I think it makes you feel better. But I think, I think there's a lot of signs in nature. Um, I like more of the specific signs that I hear um, when I'm doing a reading. For right. instance, that one song, or that, you know, when when you see a certain color a car or, you know, something. Um, I feel like that is something that gives you a little more comfort. Um, I, I know that this society, they're always trying to find concrete evidence and the signs are concrete evidence. And I think I always emphasize to my clients, you just need to believe they're still with you. They haven't gone anywhere. If you love them and you want them, they're still with you. Um, So that's the hardest part is that we want that concrete visual or tactile, you know, or or song on the radio, which is, I believe in them. I believe the signs, but it doesn't happen all the time. I think the more specific, the, you know, the better the sign, well, the better it is, you know, it's just, yeah. I think it's very, very strong, specific signs, um, and sometimes they're they're more vague. So it's just uh, it's a crapshoot, you know. But anyways, you 
you were referring to like scientific stuff. You've worked with the Windbridge Institute, correct? Yes. And so have you worked with like Julie Baishel and all of that? Oh, yeah. She's fabulous. She and Mark are amazing yeah. working mm -hmm. with them. They... They have inspired me in so many ways because yeah. I was only doing readings for friends and family. And they really helped me to just realize that what I'm doing is, is something that's valid and helpful. And right. um, this was way back when they started this. And uh, they are still doing tremendous, beautiful work on... Oh, publication she's awesome. and oh yeah i mean I'm, they're they're two amazing very talented intelligent people and i'm grateful for them yeah it's just you know it's it just a shame that you know science still considers that to be you know woo science and all of that overall you know because it's a very materialistic world and you know it's just the way it is but i think uh, things are things are changing they're changing for for the better, I think. You know, slowly. Well, yeah, it is slow. It is slow, but faster than ever before because of you know this whole internet thing and being able to uh, communicate with you know through social media and all that kind of thing. So it, it, it's a lot more spread out than what it used to be. So that that I think that's going to help in the long run. Remember Julie telling uh, in one of her books she. Never, one of the biggest lessons that I learned from Julie Beichel was that to get rid of brain freeze from eating ice cream too fast is to put your tongue to the roof of your mouth. And it works. It works, damn it. <laughs> it works. So, yeah, she actually she said that in one of the intros. or oh, yeah. I forget. But anyway, she's, she's that kind of – she's brilliant yet kind of quirky, which I love about her. So it's awesome. She's a scientist. That's for yep. sure. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, absolutely. There's, you know, the quintuple blind experiments that she sets up is like leaves no doubt for error. No, you know, and I'm sure you've been part of those. So, I have. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's that, that's incredible because you know the the whole thing about mediumship is there's a lot of people that can hang their shingle saying I'm a medium and they're not. And there's, you know, whether they they could believe that they're a medium that that they're they're you know genuinely trying to do good for folks or whatever but you know there's probably charlatans out there as well saying yeah i'm a medium and they'll you know they'll google your information or do a cold what's called cold mm -hmm. reading look for uh, you know signs and and just do some vague stuff like oh yeah your grandmother's well of course my grandmother's <laughs> dead i'm 55 years old my, my grandmother's right. definitely dead you know so yeah. there's on the reader's part i guess they have to do a lot of discernment to you know just you know, you got to be smart about it. Absolutely. So yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. So when when you're like, okay, so you you do readings and you communicate messages from the other side for, you know, for clients for people that you don't know, uh, sure. and I've had interviews with mediums that say I can't do my own family. I just you know I'm too close to them and I I can't. I can read other people. I can't do my own. H how does that fare with you? True. It's very true. I think it's because I'm too emotionally um, connected mm -hmm. to other people. And um, like, for instance, one of my really good friends 
wanted me to do readings for her. I did one reading a long time ago when I was first starting to do readings, like professionally, like 30, 40 years ago. And then she started asking me for everything. Well, could you please, please tonight? And, you know, and it got to be, you know, I think we need to just have you go with someone that's more objective because I know too much about your mom, you know, that keeps coming through. Yeah. That kind yeah. of thing. Um, I would rather do with people that uh, I'm giving them information that is objective as well as um, not so like skewed by my personal relationship with whoever these people are. Um, so, mm -hmm. you know, it's, yeah. um, it doesn't it's like mean I don't see things and I don't hear things. Um, like my husband was hanging out the other day and he had his hand in front like that. And, and I saw this blue ring, blue stone ring and gold on his finger. And I went, and then I looked again, it was gone. And I said, and I said, um, okay. Did your grandfather have a ring that had a blue stone? And he goes, yes. I'm like, I just saw it on your hand, you know? So uh, sometimes I just can't, stop myself <laughs> right. yeah. happens. but I don't go out of my way and say okay let's do a reading for my aunt or let's do a reading for my best friend I just feel like it's not good practice for me personally now other mediums may feel differently um, when it comes to my own stuff yeah I still have dreams I still have visions I still get messages from many loved ones that have passed but I question it too. Is it just me because I'm missing them? You know, is it? And then when something happens, eh, it was definitely them. Yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah it's, it is a difficult one. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's almost like being a, a judge that has to recuse themselves because <laughs> they have a conflict of interest in a case or something like that. Um, yeah. So I, I can see that happening. Like, uh, I, if I were a I wouldn't do surgery on my mother or my daughter you know what i mean it's kind of i don't know it's just yeah I, I understand yeah absolutely so um you you said um in your bio says that you started really really young right um you're a yeah, little child yeah. Started i can remember and how did that manifest it just like people appearing visions that you saw things you heard yeah i mean my family used to tell me that that i was talking to people that weren't there all the time i was two and three years old um okay yeah i mean that that's what they told me and then i consciously remember at age four seeing things come in my bedroom at night and being bombarded with negative and positive things um you get negative things like in a uh, reading, so many. Really? I had to learn how to block it. I had to learn how to pray and do protection and okay. meditate and um, like go out with nature to, you know, or, or stay away from toxic people. You know, I had, I had to learn that over the years because before I learned that I was picking up everything and it was very scary at times. Wow. It's, it's amazing what's out there that, you know, most of us can't perceive, but you know, 
it, it could it, it's like a blessing and a curse for you for you guys for you mediums um so you're you still do those preparation things before a reading to prepare yourself to keep all the negative energy out and all that kind of thing yeah so i try, try to do uh, every single reading i prep myself for about 15 20 minutes before yeah okay so but during a reading do you, do you ever like get a a negative message from somebody positive, like you know, to warn somebody or something like that. And has it ever been to a point where you're questioning whether you should disclose it or not, or that kind of thing? Like what goes through your mind in, in cases like that? Um, I, I'm very conscious and sensitive to who I'm doing a reading with the sitters. Um, mm-hmm. If they're in deep grief and crying, you know, most of the reading, I'm very careful um, about anything that would upset them more. Okay, um, yeah. because that's just the empathic, you know, sensitive side of me. Right. Um, and I want them to have a positive experience. Now, if they're not in that that state of crying the whole reading, and there's just a few tears here and there, um, yeah. and let's say. I'm hearing, you know, your mother's going to die. Mother's mm-hmm. still here. And dad's on the other side, which I've heard quite often. Um, I might say something like her energy is lower or you might want to spend a little more time with her. Um, but so when it comes to death and disease, I'm very careful because um, I just, I don't know. I just don't think it's, um, I wouldn't want to walk around thinking, oh, my gosh, my mom is going to die. You know, I would like to spend more time with her. Um, So, but that's not 100% of the time. I mean, sometimes I just see low energy and they need to spend more time with their mom, you know. (laughs) But it just really depends on the reading. Every reading is different. I've been doing professional readings for, gosh, 35 years now or so. And um, everyone Hmm. is very different. There's... Everybody is different. Every situation. Of course, of course. And do you find that um, there's a difference between in-person readings or over the internet or over like a video session, phone? Is there a preference? It doesn't, it doesn't matter. Really. I do it for the people that I'm doing the reading with. Like Mm -hmm. I'll say, if you need to see me. Okay. But, Honestly, I don't need to see you. I just need to hear your voice. And um, that's pretty much it. But um, when I do in-person readings, like usually only do like families or groups in person now. Um, mm-hmm. Right. You know, I, I pick up on stuff. I, and sometimes it's a bit distracting too to have to see them. So I'll just kind of like zone out and close my eyes for a second. Um, so yeah it really just depends on the situation right now do you ever get and how do you deal with uh situations where you have like really skeptical clients non-believers in this whole thing that or you know even downright hostile you ever had experienced any of that yeah not too often but Mm -hmm. when i do i'll just say you know i'm not quite sure that this is for you or you know i know you wanted a reading um i'm telling you what i'm seeing hearing and feeling it's for you to interpret if you would prefer to 
stop the reading. I'm okay with that too. Um, but I'm here to help you. And if there's a, a skeptical issue here, and I just bring it out, you know, we have a skeptical issue here. So, you know, mm -hmm. let's, let's chat about it. Or if you want, I'll just keep going with the information and I'll just keep writing the information down and then we'll say, have a nice day. So. <laughs> right, right, right. Does the negative energy from a sitter, does that affect your ability to, yes. uh, to read? Okay. There. Um, and, you know, I know how to deal with it because I've dealt with it not a lot, but enough to know, okay, well, we're just going to keep going. Because if that person on the other side really wants to give information to the sitter, right. it's going to come through and they're going to, you know, they're not calling me out of accident. I don't believe that anything is out of accident. I think there's a reason why they are wanting to connect as well as the person on the other side may really want to tell them something. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Very interesting. Are you, uh, does, did you get your mediumship from anybody in your family? Did you inherited it or is it just the. Uh, so yeah. My mom, my aunt, my grandmother, my other grandmother. Um, okay. Yeah. So, so I get it like from the maternal side. <laughs> Someone, the maternal side, both. Oh, okay, from both sides. Okay, very interesting. Yeah, but the funny thing was, my dad's side of the family didn't really talk about it. They had it more like a religious thing, like you know, so and so, this saint appeared, or this, you know, I heard this from God, kind of thing. And then mm -hmm. my mom's side of the family is. I had a feeling, I had a dream, I saw that, oh, I saw that ghost. You know, so my mom's side of the family is much more verbal about it. Right. Do you see ghosts? Yeah. Like, all right. So and this is, and I'm not talking about like during a reading, you'll be like watching TV or whatever and boom. Yeah. That's, yeah, that, that, that would freak the crap out of me. <laughs> it's great. They're all degrees. They're sometimes apparitions where they just zoom by. And I've tested it and think, okay, I'm just too tired or I just had way too much wine tonight or whatever. And and I have a dog and and I had a cat. And I would sometimes, now I was like, okay, I'm gonna, if they look the same time I look, then I know that I'm not wacko. Um, and so, yeah, they would. They would look. I have a cat that will stare intently like to the corner of the room or something like that really like, what the hell are you looking at you know but then it, it it dawns on me yeah the cat probably sees something at a, a higher vibration that we can't pick up on yeah, yeah. i think that and um if i'm in old buildings um sometimes i don't know i just i see them at strange times um when I'm not expecting them. Like I, when I worked at a children's hospital, <laughs> there was this one part of the hospital where like things would be moved around in the middle of the night. And, um, and then they would, and, and you know, a couple of people knew what I did. So they said, well, will you find out? They didn't tell me where it was in the hospital. I said, it's in this room. They said, yeah. So I'm walking in the room and I saw this flash of this little boy with dark hair. And I, and, and I said, it's a little boy and he's mischievous and he's moving all the wheelchairs and all the stuff around. 
<laughs> every Ooh. night. But and wow. I said, Did you see him? And they said, No. I said, I swear, he's right there. <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. Now, does alcohol intake affect your ability to um not I'm not calling you an alcoholic or anything like that, or you know, a lush or anything like that, but you, you just, you know, you struck a little chord in my head when you mentioned about, you know, alcohol or wine or whatever. I've never actually asked that question on any of my shows. How does that, does it affect you or does it affect a sitter? Well, what do you think? How does alcohol affect all of this? Does it enhance it or? Well, uh, considering I've been drinking wine since I was four years old, I grew up in a European family. So uh-huh. not, alcohol was just like, you know, glass oh, of water. Yeah. You know? Uh, and never in excess. It was just a part of the meal. And so um, when I was in college, I went a little crazy and did go a little excessive. And that was eons ago. Um, I, I don't know. I just couldn't. I, there was no way I could do a read. I, you know, I couldn't do I couldn't drive. You know what I mean? I couldn't do anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. But so, if I just a little glass of wine and I decide I want to do a reading, I can. But I personally, I, I don't like doing that. I want to be really clear. I want to mm-hmm. be clean. I want to, you know, meditate. I just want to be really open. So I don't know if it affects me. I've never tried doing a reading with when I had a glass of wine afterward or before. So. Right, right, right. What, what, what is your opinion on the sitter's point of view? Like if the sitter had a few glasses of wine. Will that affect their reading? It didn't. I've done, I've had it when, especially when I've had some group family readings and a lot of uh-huh. people are nervous. So I'll see the wine out in the kitchen and the hors d'oeuvres, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. I, I hear you. Okay. No, it's, it's interesting. To, so from the sitter's point of view, not, not too much of an effect, you know, but I mean, everything in moderation, but from your point of view, you'd rather just stay away from it because. Yeah. 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 Okay. Makes complete sense. So um, what do you think a soul experiences when, when they transition? Like, is it the light at the end of the tunnel? What have you heard in your many years of doing this? Well, I've heard lots of things, but they're all similar. Um, the, the main thing that I've heard is that there's a feeling of lightness. There's a feeling of, not that heaviness of of the earth gravity, yeah. Uh, and then for those, let's say that had a car accident and they're twenty five years old, and they'll say, "I was standing right there, and I saw my body, and I kept saying, "No, no, no, you know, I've heard that. Um, yeah, that I didn't feel any pain. I, I didn't feel the car hit me, but I didn't feel pain, you know uh, mm-hmm. Then when it comes to um, people that have had out-of-body experiences, I think that when you leave your body, it's a very similar sensation uh, mm-hmm. where you, have, you don't have that gravity. You don't have that pain sensation. Um, I've had a lot of those on the other side tell me, I don't feel sadness. I just feel I feel your sadness here on earth, but they don't feel sadness. They have just this extreme peace, this gentle peace. Um, mm-hmm. I'm out of my body 
when I was 15, I had an out-of-body experience. I will never forget how that felt. Mm-hmm. And I, I, part of me was like, do I really need to go back? <laughs> Just, and, and it was so elating. You know, I looked at myself in this bed and I was like, that's me. This is me, you know, but it felt like I was flying on helium. I don't know. I didn't have any other, but no pain, nothing. So yeah. I think that's what immediately happens. I don't know for sure. I haven't died, died, you know, yet. But that's yeah. what I heard. Um, then when it comes to them, like they tell me that often, you know, my grandfather came to me or my mother came to me or my uncle that I never met, but I always saw his picture and I knew he was dead, came to me and I knew I was on my way. Um, so, yeah, those are very similar and very yeah, typical. A lot things. of common common things there. Yeah, I've heard that a lot too. I've heard that, you know, let, let's say you're on a head, head on collision. You, your consciousness is whisked out of the body, out of your body before the physical, like a microsecond before the impact. So you don't feel a thing. Yep. You know, so, and that's probably what you've heard. And I've, a lot. Many books say that. Many mediums say that. So that's there's a there's definitely a common theme over there. And what thank goodness, you know. I mean, yeah. really, really, yeah. yeah. Imagine feeling the trauma of uh, the trauma no. of. No, no, uh, no, no, no. Am I hitting you? Right, you know, right yeah. in front of you. That would be that would be horrible. You know. Okay. You know, just like you know those people that used to get guillotined in the French Revolution, you know, like they they, they probably are out of their body before the chop, you know, mm-hmm. a microsecond right before it, yep. you know? Because yep. I, I couldn't imagine the pain of having your head sliced off, you know? No, don't want to go there. <laughs> no, you're right. So spirit guides, what do you, do you have spirit guides? Do you communicate with spirit guides? Are you into that? Um, tell me everything you know about spirit guides. And what we should know about spirit guides. Do we all have one spirit guide, yes. several? How does that work? I have a lot of my clients ask me, who are my spirit guides? And I'll just mm-hmm. sit and I'll come up with something and I'll say, does this resonate with you? Or does this time period resonate with you? And quite often it's something maybe they're attracted to. Like, let's say they're really into Asian art or something. And I'll say, I see, and I don't know they're into Asian art. And, and I say, see this, you know, Asian lady or something like that, or I see an American Indian, or it's usually someone from a different time period that's assigned to you to help you. Now, sometimes um, they're animals, which is really interesting. Sometimes um, they are um, angel beings. Um, I'll see them. Um, I know that that experience I had when I was 15 and it was laying right in front of me. It was a dark haired guy. And at that point I realized that must've been my spirit guide. Cause he said to me, don't worry, I'm not going to hurt you. And, um, scared the hijibis out of me. I thought, Oh my gosh, this is you know, right here. Um, but I have heard that same voice all through my life, for instance, right before I got pregnant years ago with my first baby, I heard, you're going to be pregnant in May. And this was December or something and before. And it was the same voice I heard. I got pregnant in May. Mm-hmm. 
So, you know, I, I think I'm not quite sure, you know, what people want to call them, but I think they're there to help us and protect us. I think that our past loved ones, for instance, my grandmother has been gone a while. She's an amazing guide for me. Um, and is always there to help. And was that way when we were here on earth, we were very similar with our energy. So I think it could be someone that you've known from your past. I think it could be someone you don't know. You're just attracted to that time period and maybe they're, they're here to help you through this journey. Now, can you tell your spirit guide or ask your spirit guide to go help somebody else as a favor? Like this person needs help. No, but that's a really, really good question. Um, I usually ask, um, you know, God and the angels to help, Uh let's say, my children, like my one daughter, maybe she's having an issue or um, maybe a good friend of mine is having a hard time. I'll say, you know, just be be with them and guide them and and give them what they need, you know, the support they need. So, I think everyone has something, somebody that watches over them somehow in shape or form. Right, right, right. Huh. So, um, yeah, I'm just, before, I mean, you know what, this, we're, we only have a few more minutes left, believe it or not. It's just, it's it's just gone by. It just, it's just gone really, really quick as it always does. So what, I mean, do you think anybody can be a a medium or do you think it's just, you know, no, eh? Okay. So even if you try and practice and try to you follow all the, read all the right books and, you know, it's probably just an innate talent that somebody is gifted with, I guess, right? No, I, I personally don't know how I do it exactly. I just know it's, it's who I am. It's like, I play the piano. I started mm-hmm. playing by ear. I, I don't know, you know, my husband can't play by ear. You know this what I mean? I play. I can see you play um, a few string instruments back there, and it looks like you're hiding in the background in the darkness. I'm a guitarist. That's yes, they're beautiful. Yeah, no, they're all they're all I'm a collector and I'm a I'm a guitar fanatic. So you're a rock and roll fan too. Very much so. Very much so. I'm picking up on that. So really, oh, cool. Yeah, no, you're you're right on. Absolutely. To answer your question, you know, I don't think everyone can be an artist. I don't think anyone can be a chef. You know, I think everyone has some talents that they are willing, if they are willing to share, to help yeah. the balance of the world. Okay. Yeah, you put it really, really well. I like that because, yeah, not everybody can be a guitarist. You're absolutely yeah. right with that. <laughs> And believe me, I've given I've given lessons to people that are have become virtuosos, and I've given tried to give lessons to people that no, it's just not, it's just never going to work out, you know that kind of. And I hate telling these people that eh, it's maybe it's not for you, you know. I, I mean, after a lot of trying, not just one lesson or whatever, but okay, I can see that it's it's uh, kind of like a gift of like music, the ability to do music or to cook or the ability to, you know, to be able to uh, speak in public and just, you know, everybody has their strengths to everything. Right. So interesting. People come to me. Will you train me? Will, will you, I'll question them. Tell me about your past. 
tell me mm-hmm. what experiences you've had already. And if I feel like they have some abilities, I'll teach them protection techniques. I'll teach them um, how to trust what they're hearing, seeing, and feeling. Um, right. I'll, I'll, and I'll have them practice on me, which is really fun. So. <laughs> so let's talk about your uh, you a little bit uh, before, we, before we say goodbye. Um, how far in advance are you booked and how how do people you know how would people get to booking you with uh, for reading and that kind of stuff? Right now, I'm about nine months, but I've stopped scheduling um, because I don't know what my schedule is going to be like April on. It's going to change, I think, and okay. so I might have a lot more openings. So I'm telling everyone just contact me the end of March and mm-hmm. we'll do on the schedule, but. Um, Sometimes okay. last year I put a stop on it uh, for a while. I said, don't, you know, I'm not scheduling now. And then when I opened it up, I can't remember when it was June or July. It was just a big flood. And, you know, I was booked six months out in about two weeks. So. Wow. That's crazy. Do you, how many readings can you do in a day? I usually do one or two and that's part of the problem. Yeah. Yeah. It, it drains you. It, it, it drains a lot of energy. Yeah. Yeah, sure. but quality versus in my book. Of course, it has to be absolutely. And I guess the best way to, for them to get a hold of you is through your website, right? Yeah, website email. The the, the email is on the website. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that's www.elizaray.com. That that's hasn't changed, true. right? Yeah, because I think the last time we spoke was about a year ago, maybe a little yep. over a year ago. So, yeah, so we really, uh, really appreciate you coming back to the show and, you know, sharing your insight. And uh, I think it, I think it went well. I think it was very, yeah. uh, very intuitive. Absolutely. Thank, and, you uh, Thank you for this opportunity. It was wonderful. It was good to see you. I never saw your face except for in a picture. So. I'm- oh yeah. I well, you know, I'm a little older than I looked in the picture. That picture was probably. <laughs> 20 years ago so it's a that was a picture actually me on a guitar playing at a wedding um that somehow bob got a hold of and <laughs> and they just blew it up so it's only my face and, uh, yeah so and that's that was a while ago so anyhow we all you know i wish we were getting younger but unfortunately uh, you know, it only goes one way you know that's right <laughs> And so, by the way, I got to I got to tell you, you look so much like this friend of mine. I mean, you you have a doppelganger that that lives in Connecticut. I'm, I'll tell you that right now. Yeah, I've been told a, that before. Sometimes I wonder. Yeah, no, you you're, you're you look very much like a friend of mine, a very close uh, friend of mine. So, anyways, um, good. So it was. It's not a male friend. No, 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 no. She's a beautiful woman. Beautiful woman, just like you. So thank you so much. It was a pleasure talking to you and uh, uh, guests. Well, uh, thank you for listening and we'll be back in uh, another month. I I do this every second Thursday of the month and I have been doing it for about three years and no one in sight. I I enjoy it for me. It's a, it's a great way of uh, picking up new things and learning new things. So today was no exception. So thank you. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you. I really appreciate it. And I hope everyone has a fabulous next couple of weeks. Great holiday.
Yes. Happy holidays, everybody. We'll see everybody in, in 2023. So uh, until then, you know, as Frank Ginsberg used to love to remind us, our loved ones are only a heartbeat away and science is going to prove it. So good night, everybody. Mm-hmm.